Welcome back to Boys and Ghouls Film Review, folks. I'm your host, Sarah Stevenson. This is my co-host, Mike Stevenson. Hi, guys. And tonight, we will be reviewing... Um, I guess it will be... Cons- I don't know if it would be considered a cult classic or... Uh, it's done something out of the... Okay, well, okay. It's considered a bit, a, a, cult, a bit of a cult it, it classic did, now. It did better in the home market. It, hmm. it didn't fare as well at the theatre. Now, this is a Western-themed monster horror... horror. Comedy. comedy. Now, when I say a horror, co- they got they got enough comedy in it to make it funny, and they got enough com- uh, horror in it to make it interesting. They got a bit of action thrown in. I think it made in, in America it was rated about thirteen plus or something like that. It wasn't meant for little kiddies, mm, no, nope. but it wasn't necessarily made uh, as an out and out adult horror movie either. So it, it sits very nicely on the fence. Yeah, it's just mm. right in the right mid in the middle. Exactly. Exactly. So it's called Tremors. Nineteen ninety. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, about some um, weird slugs. Oh, well, there's something or others. Yeah, prehistoric yeah. type creatures that finally came to the top of the earth and well, yeah, started gobbling up people and new cows and other yeah. good I came up with <laughs> an interesting theory about why these creatures are attacking humans now. I think the underground creatures that they normally attack have been either eaten up or extinct and oh. so they decide to attack the people on the surface. Probably. They're a bit, a bit peckish. Anyway, here we go. Now, Produced by, actually this is the part I really, 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 really like. Mm. Produced by Brent Maddock and S.S. Wilson. I don't know who S.S. is. It sounds like a name of a boat. Well, good, yeah. S.S. Minmo. My old who sail in... No, there you go, whatever. Uh, Directed by Ron Underwood. Now, story by uh, Brent uh, Maddock, S.S. Wilson, and Ron Underwood. And the screenplay was by Brent Underwood and S.S. Wilson. So they really had a good hands-on approach to making this film, which is Mm. really... Some people have said over the years to Sarah, oh, you can't do it all. Well, sometimes you have to do it all. Hmm. Oh, actually, I will mention one thing, that um, in the remake, um, I think um, Wilson actually did the directing to save money because they were on a shoestring budget on the second movie. Hmm. So, yes, you can do multitasking. Hmm, true. So don't let any of you uh, up-and-coming uh, independent filmmakers... Have people in your ear saying, oh, you can't do it all. Yeah, if you got the skills, do it. Yeah. If you yeah. have the skills you and you have the crew and if you have the technology, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, you and have... And if you got the skills. Yes. And if you have yeah. the skills on board, then you, you're, yeah, yeah. you're on to something. A producer. To me, a producer, I've got the money, I'm going to organise it. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that's easy. A director. Stand there. DAP, do that, whatever. Okay, so you know what's... If you wrote the story, you know what you want. Exactly. You might as well direct the thing. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, let's move along. Yeah, let's move along. Who now, stars wait, wait in a minute. and stuff? Budget was, day, was $10 million. Ah. No. Only box office at 167 They expected to get a lot more than that, but I think it did a lot better on the home market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it was released on... Um, Probably then VHS and then uh, subsequent DVDs and whatever. Actually, having a funny thing I was going to talk about later, uh, they've got a lot of Blu-rays for this now because it's still holding its own. Mm. Uh, and special issue packs and everything else, the 4K versions, re- this has really held its own over the years. So that's mm. very impressive. Mm. Mm. Anyway, um, 
what do we want to say? Um, do you want to get straight into telling the story? Or? Um, let's just start asking. Let's just talk about the um, stars in this. Oh, yes. I, I didn't These ones the have yet. some a great okay. star selection, as you I'm will see. I'm not going to go through every star. We've got a lot of people mentioned who had bit roles. But the main ones are Kevin Bacon in one of his early roles. He plays Valentine McKee. Fred Ward as Earl Bass. What a great name. It sounds fishy to me. Um, well, I wouldn't say it's his no, early... Fishy, bass is a fish. I know, I just mean that this is not one of his earlier roles, considering yeah, Kevin Bacon also starred in Friday the 13th, the first know, Friday the 13th, I, yeah, when he was a much younger I mean, man. When he was a little bit Okay, right, okay, mm, fine. Okay, but I'm saying, um, he, it's he, just he, he'd gone on to bigger yeah, better it's things. It's just in okay? this one, he only did this one because he needed the money. Yeah, because he wasn't a big slay. Friday the 13th probably didn't give him a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this one probably mm. uh, main lead, second lead, whatever. He probably got a bit more money, and then he did um, his next movie was Apollo Thirteen or something. Yeah, or something one like that. Of the, one of those sort of a sci-fi. And that's movie. why yeah. he couldn't um, return for a sequel. Se- sequel. Because yeah, he was thinking about the sequel, but he had not a better offer because he mm. really enjoyed working on this one. Yeah, with, uh, with its it was fun. It was fun yeah. for him, uh, but um, he he had another offer on the table. Yeah. Anyway, now Finn Carter plays Rhonda LeBeck. Uh, what she's a bit of a uh, a university student doing a post grad study out there for seismology. So yeah. that we'll leave it at that. Uh, now, as a husband and wife team, yeah, roles, yeah, uh, Michael Gross plays Bert Gummer, and his wife is played by uh, Rebecca McIntyre, Mac- mm-hmm. as he plays Heather Gummer. And they're those survivalist type people out yeah. there, and they've got 50 yeah. million guns in their basement and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah interesting yeah. thing about Michael Gross. Is that he's been throughout the um, f- uh, Tremor franchise? He's been in all of them. Yeah, he's starred and in every single one of he them. He makes it interesting. I mean, yeah, it's really good to have a comedy with people doing comedy bits, and he's sort of that sort of quasi bit in the middle there. Yeah. Uh, not totally comical and not yeah. totally serious. He's sort of yeah. he's a fringe dweller. Yeah, I t- <laughs> as I told Mike before, he's the. Um, Ahab in all these productions. Yeah, he, he, he's there, a gung-ho guy who, yeah. I wouldn't say he saves everybody, but he's really instrumentally he, killing yeah, beasties. Yeah, he starts naming the creatures, like we get the, these ones are called the, what do they call uh, them? The Graboids, I think. Yeah, yeah. and in the sequel we have the uh, Screechers. Yeah, yeah, Screechers, and oh, yeah. We ha- I'm not going to go and through the And in the third movie, I won't go into details because there's so many different yeah. what versions uh, are out there. Yeah, along comes Gumby. No, okay, no. <laughs> I will mention only one other person because I like him. Hmm. A guy called Victor Wong. He plays Walter Chang. He open, he has, has a local mini mart uh, come everything. What's what, what's it called? I don't know. Um, uh, what they call the old western I'll stores? Let's call an emporium. That'll do. Uh, no, I was thinking about the old western small goods store. No, no, uh, no. I'm thinking trading of the, post. No. Uh, what are you talking about? Uh, you know the old yeah. Western stores that they would. Uh, the general store. Yeah, general okay, store. Yeah, that's right. it. He sells terms. everything. A bit of groceries, a bit that's of this, a bit of that, that's whatever. That's the term I meant. Yeah. Uh, and and it's really funny that um he, he pops up in the odd places in a uh, big trouble little China or another but overseas he plays a light-hearted role which makes it interesting. I like mm, him. Quite yeah. right. Bit of typecasting when he's in, yeah. in there, but hey, who cares? Yeah, I'm sad yeah. that. His character doesn't. He doesn't have a very. His character gets killed halfway in. We got gobbled up by one of the beasties. And he's the one mm-hmm. who named the beasties. A graboid. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um. Uh, I won't. I won't say anything more. 
Yeah, do you want to roll into it? Yeah, might as well. So it begins with a bunch our two heroes, um, Earl and Val, or Valentine. Well, as Valentine. Yeah, Val, Val's short for Valentine. Yeah, yeah Valentine, so yeah. he called that. It makes sense. <laughs> anyway, they're... Oh, Val Kilmer. So they're like your regular handymen who work in the town. And they have dreams, big dreams of getting out of this small and dead-end town and bit making a name for themselves. It is a small town. Mm. Believe me, it is. Uh, it's a one-horse uh, town. Yeah, that was go, built yeah. for yeah. the movie. Mm-hmm. And near, near another small town, mm. which was very like what they're going to build, but they couldn't actually trace the place. No, 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 no. no. That would be um, <laughs> no. considered illegal, and we would get... Well, it would have cost, cost a lot more money. It would cost a lot of <laughs> problems. Anyway, so they make they make their plans of getting um, a bit of money together in hopes, hopes of getting out of town. And get going to a big city, a place called, uh, I think it's a town down the road called Bixby or Bixby. something or other. Bixby! And they've got to go to the big town there and get some real jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, they then meet um, the nice, um, what did they call, what's her ne- What's her job again? Uh, uh, the job? seismologist. Uh, yes, yeah, seismologist. They meet this lovely girl called Rhonda. Now, yeah. Val Kilmer's got this thing about getting the perfect female, and it'll look like yeah. bunny girls or, yeah. you, or page three girls out yeah. of the movie magazine. He wants show. a sort of um, playboy mansion type girl. Yeah. And the blonde with the blue eyes, you name lovely it. Lovely bod, nice naked. Nice tits, yeah. all that stuff. And, and along comes this girl who's um, girl next door, attractive, you know, but, you know, funny. Yeah. How things work out during a movie. Earl yeah. tells him that while he may have been attracted to those girls in the mm-hmm. past, they were nothing but airheads. They were nothing. They didn't uh, last uh, probably even a, a week. Well, yeah, got pictures. Never even saw them. He probably did. He, Remember no. the one of the girls he knows, and he used to probably date, but uh, it probably didn't work out. Probably not because an air, he's an airhead. He's a country bumpkin and she's a city girl, maybe. Yes. Yeah, so, anyway, they begin their chores. They build a fence. They head into town and clean out some sewage. Yeah, they did it. They did everything. Fencing, sewage, um, garbage room, whatever. Because it's only a small town. They were just general hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And, of course, they got, they are about to head off to Bigsby to make themselves big. And along the way, they, they confronted a bit of a few problems on the way. Yes. Like most people will do whenever they think about leaving a small town. On the road again. (laughs) Yeah, as it turns out, they have this weird creature problem. No. Are you going to tell us about it? Yes. As it turns out, there's these really big um, snake-like creatures underneath the surface. They didn't know about them at the time. Yeah. And they start killing people. Um, I think the first one, I think, was on an antenna thing. Yeah, they found a guy sitting up halfway up... uh, a power pole, you know, those big metal things are holding the power lines going over, you know, yeah. the ground. It's halfway up one of those poles. And you're going, mm. what are you doing up there? And the fact he's dead. He's been up there for several days, died of dehydration. Yeah, the doctor yeah. checked mm. him over mm. and said that he was up there for three days or something. And he died of dehydration or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and probably hunger, too. Yeah. And we also, then we meet another farmer, the farmer guy, who yeah, yeah. is farming and ploughing in his little garden, his little garden bed. And he and then his sheep start getting a bit agitated. Yes, and then um, somehow his body gets sucked beneath the surface. This is mm. one of the things I like about this movie because you don't see the monster. You, you, you don't. You just get you, a feeling. You do, about la- it. you do later. Yeah, yeah. they gradually see bits and pieces, then you start yeah. seeing them you later on. You just see yeah. people getting sucked beneath the surface. 
to yeah. begin with. Yeah. A few of tentacles coming out. We think that those small snaky creatures are the monsters. But, but they're not. They're attached to the monster. Mm. Yeah. Okay, yes. whatever. Anyway, anyway, Fred goes and yeah. then he gets chewed up. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Eventually, our two local boys, they come They come to the um, farm guy's house and they see the half the man buried beneath the sand. I see. No, it's always his hat. They picked up his hat and his head was under it. Yeah. Yeah. And then they head down to, they meet um, some <laughs> guys who are drilling, I think, and tell them uh, that, and they... Doing road work or something. Yeah, road yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they told them that there's been a dead body. They said, there's a killer on the loose. And they, they didn't take them quite that serious, would you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. right, yeah. And oh. they continue drilling, and then the drill infiltrates the creature beneath the surface. Yeah, some blood starts coming up through the ground. And look what Route 666, eh? Yeah, and it shrieks, shrieks. <laughs> And then it starts, and the drill attached to the creature starts going across the yeah, um, yeah, going right. down the road by itself. Yeah, and one of the men yeah. who has it's um the, the guy wire it. tied around his ankle yeah, the, the and comp- pulled yeah, along. Yeah, the air tube for the compressor. The compressor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the other guy gets killed in a landslide. Yeah, so those two guys are out of the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm. and then our next person on our chopping block is the local doctor. Well, a local who's just setting up. I think he's a doctor. <laughs> he's building a house out there somewhere. With his wifey. And, and, and they're planning and on moving to Bixby or something. Whatever. I don't know. Oh no, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but they're building a, t- a house there. They're going to have the house there instead of living in town or working in town, coming out here living in a caravan. They're going to be hang- have their own house there. They're building it. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, and then somehow he get he they hear us. Somehow that generator ends up getting sucked beneath the surface and then he ex- the doctor expects the place but then finds that he gets sucked beneath the um, surface with by the creature and his wife tries to pull him out but she ends up well losing a fu- losing battle with the creature and the creature sucks him down to the lower parts of the war- earth to the ground <laughs> somewhere yeah. And she heads to her car. The creature follows, and it sucks the whole entire car deep yeah, it, under it, the it, ground. It undermines the ground by making it really soft, like quicksand. This is and it just yeah. And get, and they moved the dirt around. and They saw the headlights. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Soon enough, our, our two boys who were at the um, general store with the other survivors, who they tell them about it, the creature, and they also bring back <clears> a, a huge tentacle-like cre- thing to, that was. They found yeah. under their car. Yeah. It wasn't a tentacle. It was a tongue warning, wasn't it, do you think? Yeah. yeah. Of course, um, the owner of the general store, the Mr. Chang, whatever his name yeah. is, he asked for $20 for that No, you offered them 10 Okay. And yeah. they said they want 10, 20 for it. And they, I think the gay showed down to 15 or something, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. And then oh. he started putting up... Photos with the alien tongue or something rather. Yeah, I'm sorry for the little girl who was being photographed with this creature thing. Yeah. I'd be grossed out. I not want to have my face. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, soon enough they decide they should try to make it on horseback to try to get to the next local town in order which to. Which about thirty miles away, I think. Which thirty yeah. miles and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So they pack up. They get some bullets and uh, some weapons and some and cheese and some horses. Horses, yeah. <laughs> Long yeah. walk. Mm. Yes. Well, they didn't walk. They took horses. I so, know. I was joking. So they rode <clears throat> a bit, and then along the way, they come across these creatures, and and they suck one of the ho- tries to suck one of the horses into the ground, and they yeah, and we then get a horse. glimmer of the the creature itself. Yeah, they, yeah, it's starting to get, you know, it pokes his head out of the ground. Okay, yeah, he's a big, isn't he? Yeah, and yeah. They, now they realise that the creature is underneath the ground. 
They then run into Rhonda, uh, yeah, the seismologist lady, and they then discover that the creature cannot get crawl out onto the rocks. Somehow yeah, the that, rocks that, are hard. Well, yeah, they, they, you can go through soft ground by disrupting it, like an earthworm does. Uh, and But if you get on a solid rock, well, they can't go through that and they can't climb it. Ah, ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they have, they stay there all night, apparently. Yeah. And they and while they, they try to test whether or not the creature's gone, but it, somehow it was still there. They threw a rock on the ground. And you're yeah. <laughs> then Rhonda has this beautiful idea of using um, pieces of wood to, to what they call it? In well, actually, they found some old poles there, yeah. skinny poles like uh, water pipe or um, wooden poles. Yeah. and. They pole vaulted from yeah, one pole vault. group of rocks to the next, which is yeah. rather a very ingenious way to do things. Man. I thought it was funny, though, watching them try it the first time and, you know, falter. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they do eventually get across, and eventually they get to her car, and she drives with her her hands on the pedals. Yeah, she's, she's, she's hanging through the back window, hand, hand on the accelerator and one hand on the steering wheel, and... I don't know how she knew where she's driving. Mm, true. Yeah, unless you have eyes and fingers. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Eventually, they get back to the town <laughs> and they tell them what they found, their findings, and and they didn't quite believe them somehow, brother. Mm. Would you? I wouldn't. No. Yeah, what well, have you been drinking? You've been smoking something. Yeah. Right? Well, bear in mind the tentacle is proof that this creature, there, <coughs> there have well, that's creatures. True. They had the tentacle attached to the back of the car. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, one of the kids acting stupid, which is the oldest sibling or whatever them is he's a total jerk he can Enough. he continues to tom fully everyone around him and totally pisses all the adults off here and there i know mm. anyway it was a comedy remember we then dis- we also discover these creatures are he- they can hear everything and yeah they, they, they can sense vibrations so if they hear you talking the vibration of you talking mm. can actually get the vibe vibrate down through the ground they can actually hear the vibrations a bit like i think snakes a bit like that mm. they don't actually hear you but they feel the vibrations yeah they can and yeah, that's yeah. where they mm. they can they could strike when yeah that's it oh there's a vibration here i'm gonna strike it yeah 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 mm. so I, i've walked past snakes i used to work outside here and i've walked past brown snakes very slowly and they haven't attacked me they, they go their way, I go mine, my way, and I'm less than a metre away from them. Yeah, they also yeah. came up with several theories about mm. what, what these, where these creatures came from. Like, uh, I think um, Earl came up with the expression that thinks that they came from, a, they're aliens from out of the Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, come from out of space. Yeah, and, and, well, yeah. others <laughs> probably think these were prehistoric creatures. Yeah, yeah Ronda thinks are prehistoric, yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So, I don't know, what, what did Val think they were? I don't know. I don't think uh, he cared. He wasn't sure. They're a bit creepy crawly, so yeah. whatever. Soon yeah, enough, yeah, the, um, yeah. they then realised that they must get to... So they had to climb onto the roof to avoid these creatures. <coughs> and at first, it was a great idea, and they even alerted... Um, what's his name? Um, Bert and his wife, who are living in a bunker, living in a, a nice concrete... Well, they got a nice... I think they had a house or... Yeah. A bunker made next to the caravan, or what? What were they living in? Do you remember? I, I think it was a, um, a concrete type house. No, that was that was downstairs. Okay, okay they have a house. They, I'm just, no, I don't know whether they had a, just a bunker and had something like like a like a big caravan type thing next to it. But no, yeah, but whatever. They had a bunker and they were downstairs in the bunker. Yeah. yeah. So when the creatures come to Bert's place, they had a machine, yeah. a, a bullet machine. 
machine, I think. Uh, doing something, yeah, yeah. Had a machine the going, and they were the, these creepy crawly things, these uh, graboids. Yeah, well, one of them was attracted to the noise coming from their bunker. Yeah, mm. they come there, and they then let off a lot of rounds into the um, creature, and they win, and all that stuff, saying, you picked the wrong bunker, I mean, wrong... Yeah. Um, right. Actually, my notes say it's the basement. Yeah, so the basement. Must have had a house on top. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So... Yeah. They then phone in there and told them, gives them a ring, telling them um, that they killed one of the creatures and they're heading up to the roof. Yay! And of course, their car is vandalized by the creatures. They gobbled it up. They gobbled up their their wheels and all that stuff. Well, rubber's very nice. Mm -hmm. So they have no <laughs> other vehicles in the area that could save them because somehow the creatures got formed its own plan of going underneath the foundation of the house yeah. and knocking out the. The, the foundation not housed down so they can meet the people. What yeah. smart little creatures they are, yeah. Yeah, somehow these creatures <coughs> have a mind, even though everyone keeps saying how stupid they are. Anyway, they then make plans to use the special cat tra tractor oh, thing. A tractor type thing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's stronger and there's a big chance that these creatures won't pull it over or even bite its wheels or anything like that. Well, they, they call the track in the notes here, they call the track loader. It's just a tractor type thing, yeah. yeah. A big I, one. I think Earl calls it a cat, I think. Well, it's a cat. It's a brand, a caterpillar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, cat, Earl yeah. and, um, let me see, um, Val, they do the scissors, paper, rock thing. They did all the way through the show. Yeah. It's, a you on, lose, it's yeah. an ongoing thing. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. like when... An ongoing like, joke, yeah. Like Earl says a bad word. He often says, pardon my French, and everyone's... And even um, Rhonda even says that sometimes... Oops, pardon my French. Right at the end. Yeah, so it's an ongoing joke yeah. and a quote in this, probably. Funny, funny. Well, so Val eventually um, doesn't win, but he then pounds um, Errol in the stomach and he bolts down well, to... Well, he, he wants to he wants to do it because he wants to save his friend from doing it. Isn't that nice? Yeah, he then he bolts up to um, the place. Eventually, the creature... Um, they try to distract the creature using <coughs> um, um, a, sm a, small tr a smaller tractor type machine yes yeah, so, something like a small one like a ride on lawnmower but a bit yeah, bigger a ride yeah. on lawnmower thing yeah and it, for a while it worked really well but it, unfortunately but it, fell it fell over it and, hit a, hit a mound or and val yeah. is now a sitting duck well, well or lunch <laughs> yeah, of course val stays really still like he's um, making sure he's not being going to disturb the creature like as if he was attracting a t-rex don't break wind he will hear you no, yeah, so the remember. rest of the survivors, they try shouting for the creature to come their way. Yeah, eventually, it works, and their vow eventually gets the tractor and saves the rest of the people. Yeah, he puts this old um, uh, trailer, yeah, yeah, low loader trailer type thing on the back of it. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and uh, he drags it, and everybody jumps on into it. Yeah, yeah. and for a while it works, but then we realise the creatures, they drilled a, a few ho holes, causing a bit of a... Yeah, they did a bit of a... Uh, undermine the road, yeah. and that's that. <laughs> they sunk into it. Yeah. Yeah. So Bugger. they they end up having realizing they may have to run to some boulders to avoid these hard, hard ground boulders. Yeah, that's all stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So they use one of um, Bert's um, he, he made some homemade made grenade some homemade type thing, little bombs. bombs. Yeah. That he made himself when he before he headed into the tractor thing, and. He detonated one of them, and they they then run in the direction of the boulders yeah. to avoid the creatures. Yeah, <laughs> you trick the creatures by making a big noise somewhere else, then run away. Yes. Uh, come on, hurry up. Yes. Yeah, so the people are getting tired. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they they 
So now they're sitting ducks on a bunch of rocks quack, now. Quack, 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 quack. Yes. <laughs> so they need to figure out a new plan to get rid of the creatures. So their new plan is using um, using the grenade, some of the grenades to in order to lure them to um, these things, get them to gobble it up, and then okay, boom. boom. Of course, this works for the first time. And that, but the second time, the grenade ends up going into a, the bag full of the other grenades, no, and bang, no. boom! The, that the, this, this creature solves it and then spits it out back at them. That's what happens. Yes. I know this is one whack, and it landed straight in the box containing all the other grenade type things. Yeah, this jet. creature was no dummy. They actually, they learned quite quickly. Yeah. yeah, well, it's a lesson to well learn. So they, so the heroes have to <coughs> run in every opposite direction to avoid getting. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Val's carrying the last bomb in his hand. Yeah, yeah. he then comes up with his own plan and heads towards the, the cliff. cliff. Yep. And he, he and his Ronda and yeah. Elle follow him, and yeah. he lets off the bomb, and it, they misses. No, he doesn't. He, he threw it behind the creature. He, that's yeah. why he's waiting there. He's standing at the cliff face, yeah. and he's waiting for the, monster, the creatures to come, and he threw it so it got in behind it, hmm. so it would actually scare it to go faster and actually came up through the cliff mm. and plummeted to its death. Yeah, and he says, can you fly, you motherfucker? <coughs> he, and he yeah, says... Actually, oh, I was going to talk about the swearing. There's a bit of swearing, but they've had to actually overdub it. Uh-huh. Some of it was... A, a couple of them, I think, got through, but a lot of it, that's about 15 or more, 20 times yeah. they swore and had to cover them yeah. up a bit. Anyway, mm. um, I'm not going to mention... I'm going to mention this now, that later on... The um, one of the, some of the creatures in the third movie do eventually learn to fly. Eventually, don't ask oh, me. Oh, don't go too far ahead. We're doing this movie, uh-huh. okay? Anyway, um, the creature plummeted and it's struck on Hurt rocks himself. and oh, he's poor, dead. Poor Diddums. Yeah. Killing the final creature and the town is saved. Or yeah. the inhabitants are. Yeah, whatever. Now, happy endings. Now Earl and um. Well, have a good story to tell the media about what happened. And supposedly... May makes money off it. Mom makes money off it. But we, we, we believe that Val and Rhonda get married sometime after the end of the movie because by the time the second movie starts, uh, Val has settled down as a married man. Hmm. Uh, I don't think actually gets mentioned who he married, but we believe it was hers. Yeah. He's a very nice girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway, it seems likely. Yeah. Anyway... Um, then, in the sequel, for obviously, um, Earl... he about this movie? Yeah, so we, okay, Earl yeah, watches right. um, his friend Val kissing Ronda and indicating that are the rest of the story of what may have happened. If the, the chemistry end. is right. Da, 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 yeah, in the second one, um, it continues where Earl um, is now... Um, he's been cheated of the rights of the um, he, story. He, he's, he's wasted money and he hasn't. He's been cheated by other people, uh, and he couldn't get money owing to him. So he's a, a poor down his luck emu farmer with two emus. You refuse yeah. to mate whatsoever. <laughs> refuse to mate. Oh great, a male and a female, and probably the male one's probably gay or C say not not got a headache, you know, <laughs> whatever, you know. Um, yeah, yeah uh, and, and then Earl yeah. is um, approached by a businessman mm. who wishes him to get rid of these creatures down at Mexico down way, Mexico. at an oil plant, an oil yeah. refinery. And they yeah. say um, if you give uh, if you get rid of these creatures <coughs> for us, we'll pay you in quite a lot of dollars for 50, each of your 000, kills. Fifty thousand dollars per kill. Yes. And, and one if, for if it's still alive, yada yada. And $100,000 for a live one if you catch one. Yeah. 
Don't know why I wonder they're going. How much they actually? Who, who did the head count? Mm, ah. yeah. It's like for a few dollars more, or if the fiscal dollars a few dollars more, it says he's worth so and so, and he's worth so and so, and he's worth so and so. No, he's only worth so and so. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, um, right. Yeah, but eventually Earl eventually falls in love with his dream woman in this movie. Look, in that we're movie. still in this movie, okay? I'm sorry, it's just that Mike we, here told me. Uh, now we can allude to some of the second movie, which we might review at a later date. Anyway, mm-hmm. however, all we say, oh, I, we could talk about the movie just in general a bit here. What the, the second movie uh, does carry on good. Mm. Uh, there's a sense of continuity. Yeah. Uh, I think humour-wise, and we're well, getting the balance right. I, I I like both movies. Don't get me wrong. Um, but the second movie comes over a bit more like an action movie. Yeah. I think. Mm. Would you would you agree with that? Mm, I would definitely and say I that. And I think some of the humour in the first movie has been toned down a bit to make it not so humory, but still humorous. Mm, because true. had a, a guy in there playing his mm. uh, um, uh, Earl's offsider, he took Val's place, mm. uh, and he's, he's a bit of a comedy relief guy. And we did have the... Uh, yeah. Our little man there, uh, Bert, coming in there to help out, and he was he's a bit of a comedy relief, but it basically was a, a reasonably good, more of a action horror with some comedy thrown in, and I, th- I think it stood up better. Mm. To me, uh, that's yeah, just me. Another thing and that was a lower budget, too. Yeah, there's mm. another mm. thing about this first movie. <coughs> is that this is the first movie that directed by Ron Underwood. First film he directed mm. himself, so mm. it's, his first, it's his first time, mm. so... No, it doesn't explain um, why it was viewed as, um, I guess it would be a shaky start for any filmmaker well, at the I beginning. Think, I, think was, I think this, this movie is a good movie. Um, I have no doubt. I think the only thing that held it back with, at the, at the theatre was probably um, misjudging the audience, maybe. Hmm. Didn't that, that maybe the audience would uh more comedy or more horror. Hmm. Maybe... At that time, back in 1990, mm. if it had done, say, 10 years earlier, it might have done better, or mm. 10 years later, it might have done better. But at that point in time, they wanted a particular mix, and maybe they didn't get the mix properly. Mm, that's true. That's all it is, uh, which is fun. Uh, it's actually, it's, it's someone actually, I read about something, um, and you know, you, you did your movie. Yes. Take the Cat People. Mm-hmm. All right. And that was like a tribute to the 1950s style movies. So they likened this to the same sort of thing. Mm, I agree. Because they had the same sort of, you know, basic eyes running around. Oh, we've got a creepy crawly monster. Throw a bit mm. of humour in it, a bit of action, mm. whatever. And they, they were working on the same sort of premise as uh, doing a, a, a 50s style movie. Yeah, but based in the mean. 80s or 90s. I guess yeah. I see mm. your point, considering mm. that yeah. originally it was going to be called you know, uh, land, land sharks. Land sharks, and, the, and, and they couldn't use that name because it, it was being used in Saturday Night Live or something. Rather, yeah. yeah. And when mm. you think about it, I don't think that name would have sold really well, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's no. just, it just it's doesn't the, feel right. It feels like um, it's just another B grade movie. Actually, they then had a working title, which wasn't this, and, they, and then the final release came out with his name. Mm. Had about three names, about the third name. Yeah. Yeah. And now you mentioned Ron Underwood as a director. He was actually, he was actually. A filmmaker, uh, director for National Geographic. Ah, oh, that explains a lot. So he was doing documentary t- type stuff. He, uh, he may not have done a feature film before. So this would been, yeah. that explains a lot. Well, he had the style hmm. to get the scenes, uh, get the uh, capture the scenes, whatever. 
but he, he'd probably been doing more birdies and crocodiles and bears and ice flows and other good groovy things, mm. uh, but he hadn't done a movie before. Yeah, yeah but it was kind mm. of clever how mm. they made this cr- mm. the creature where it, when it's in, in the ground. That's always a good but awesome. That's an awesome effect they did. But, but here's something else. Um, the concept of Tremors, the concept of it, was conceived in the early 80s. Mm. Uh, when the writers, Wilson and Maddock, were working for the United States Navy mm. as filmmakers mm. in charge of creating educational safety videos. Ah. <laughs> and they were in a particular area and they climbed, you know, in a desert type area, climbed up some rocks and said, hey, wouldn't it be, what would happen if you had a, something happen and you had to get stuck on these rocks? And you couldn't get off the rocks. And that was a catalyst for doing a script about. Uh, the these sandworm type thingy oh, creatures, yeah, yeah, and that's where it all came from. Mm. Uh, and they actually had a word to somebody who knew a bit more about creepy crawlies and stuff, and they they made it a bit more real. They padded it out with more sciencey well, type they stuff. They do have yeah, yeah. the, as you often said, Mike. I yeah. mean, if these guys have been documentary filmmakers stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. then they may have in contact with people who may have a good knowledge of the stuff, yep. you know, who may give you a bit of food for thought, cliff notes of of animal behaviour and creature behaviour, and that would have filled them in on the elements they'll be needing for their script. And that mm. is something too, I just noticed. Uh, these, these guys, uh, Wilson uh, and Maddock, they wrote the script for Short Circuit. And that, and that was a financially successful movie, and that's how they got the credit, uh, the uh, the funding for this movie. That's cool. Yeah. How's that grab you? Mm, very cool. Yeah, pretty groovy. Um, what else? Um, film took about fifty days. Um, fifty days. Fifty huh? days. Yeah, mm. about, about two months. Um, now the principal photography took place around Lone Pine in California. Yeah. And the isolated community of Darwin, California. Yeah, and before you ask me, guys, yeah. it was yeah. compl- it was yeah. in dumb summer in 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 the in real life. It was actually really it was winter time when they were filming this. Whoopee. So the actors were ha- were forced to wear um, summer, summer clothes. clothing instead of something warmer. Yes. So now, but can I finish what I'm saying? Go on. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, uh, the isolated community of Darwin, California, which accrued a lot because of its uncanny similarities to the fictional town of Perfection. That was that was the name of the pretend town. Yeah. Now the town was a, a built, a purposely built set, buildings, a general store, house, whatever. So that was all done. Uh, built near uh, Alantia, I think it is Alantia, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mountains in the back of the Sierra, Sierra Nevada and the Owens Lake is visible in the background during the final scenes. Well, that explains a lot, considering that it's yeah. still, the story does take place in Nevada. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. yeah Nevada. I and won't go on to anything else, though. Um, I mean, most of the time, whenever you mm. encounter a movie in America, mm. they would often film it in in even Europe sometimes to make out that it's filmed <coughs> in, in, in America. Well, to I make it hear look, something for you. Yeah. Well, two things. Tremors 2 was going to be filmed in Australia. Really? Could yep. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't get the big name stars to uh, come in. They wanted Kevin Bacon and I think somebody else. I can't remember at the moment. And they said no. So um, they said, we're not going to put that much money into the budget. So they dropped the budget down to $4 million, So they did it at home. 
Um, but again, get out the budgets and stuff, and make uh, and not uh, sets and trying to make out the summer else. You need the good, the bad, and the ugly movies. They're supposed to be in Southern California and, and Texas and those sort of areas back in the olden days. They were done in Spain or somewhere. Hmm. Yeah, go figure it. Go figure it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. Um, I won't go on to um, the creatures and everything. That's too much involved. Uh, yeah, but all, all I can say is the um, amalgamated dynamics designed the creatures. I think they were quite believable and did the job quite nicely. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, yeah, uh, the original music score, which you can identify with this a bit. Um, um, now, I won't mention the guy's name. Okay. Oh, well, here we go. Composer Ernest Trost, Trost, T-R-O-O-S-T, musical store for the film went mostly unused. The studio thought it was too goofy because he was probably writing for comedy. I see. It didn't suit what they wanted. Hmm. Uh, you had that same trouble when you were doing your movie. Yeah. And they cut most of it. Later hiring another composer, Robert Falk, to write a new score that was more serious and actiony. So yeah, the, the musical score for a movie can either make or break it. You, we saw that thing there making monster movies, something or other, and they had was it um, Friday the Thirteenth, or Nightmare on Elm? No, was it which one was um, um, Michael Myers guy? And and they had the bit where they're um, running up Halloween. the back of the, Halloween. Yeah, at the back of the car. Well, when they came up, they'd jump onto the roof, mm. and they had it without the music. Then they add the music. Totally different feel, didn't it? Hmm. Yeah, that whatever movie that, the music they made for it, it's a totally different feel to it. The music can make the scene, the atmosphere and stuff. So, yeah, yeah they, that, it was a good call because, yeah, it could have been a dead a, uh, a dead movie otherwise. Yeah, that's why mm. I always... I mean, a lot of people I've yeah. talked to, a lot of filmmakers and actors, they will always tell me that key to making a good movie... One of the key things is um, the music. Yeah. It doesn't have to be over the top. It doesn't have to be over it's the top. It's got to be just enough to set the mood. When, 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 no one's, when, when people aren't talking, or there's no action noise going on, like bang, bang, thank you, ma'am, whatever, that sort of stuff, you're going to need something. You just don't have dead audio track. But you need something. If it's, you know, the olden days, they used to overdo it sometimes. Driving down the road, let the, let the, let the, let the, let the, sometimes the music was really over the top and crazy but it was acceptable because that's what they're doing at the time um but then they'd change the dynamics of it and i think they got the idea from you know the olden days of the silent movies mm. you go to a theater and you had the movie running you have a little old man or a little old lady playing a piano there and all the shit music and they'll be changing it's rocking changing something light something heavy something actiony something yeah and they'll be doing it all the way through the movie mm. for, for yeah, what an hour, hour and a bit. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. tell me about the reviews. You told me the reviews. you told me there's some favourable reviews in this movie. Well, I'll, I'll give you a good opening line here. Tremors was hailed by critics for its diverse cast and humour. Mm, okay. That's a good start. That's a good start. And most of them, okay, most of them, most of the reviewers gave it medium to good reviews based on the fact that they got the mix right. It wasn't too campy, it wasn't too funny, it wasn't too scary, it had the right mix. And that's Sweet. What you, yeah, they got the mix right. There was um, one thing here. Um, crowd called TV Guide said something like this. Tremors is very well cast, with Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon providing affable and enjoyable comedy leads. The special effects are first rate. It may not 
top today's 10 best list, but Temer's in ne is nevertheless solid entertainment. And that encapsulates pretty much what all the other ones actually saying. Now, moving on to a negative one. This will be interesting. Uh, yes. But this is this is the light of light because these guys don't always get it right. No. Gene Siskel initially gave the film a negative review, stating... Most of the secondary characters aren't compelling and its horror conventions are lame. Kremers could could make a cute short subject, but it doesn't sustain itself as an entire film. That, But he later gave the film a positive review in his book, Cinema, year by year, 1894 to 2001, saying... If you want to see a good B-movie, watch Tremors. It was one of the few monster movies to get the formula right. How can he go from one a ne negative one saying it's lame and saying, hey, it's so damn good? You must have watched it again and realised well, oh, how I wonderful it is. I just want to go by what the reviewers say most of the time. They're, um, yeah. they're biased in many cases. Or I don't like horror movies, so I'm going to grade every horror movie down. I don't like action movies. I like musicals. So every action movie, I'm going to grade down. Yeah. yeah it just goes on and on. And I, I get sick of these guys who pay to do a review on a movie to give people, I'd like to think, an unbiased uh, view on what the movie is. Yeah. Um, this guy didn't seem yeah, like he knew where he was he coming or no going. He had no idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one minute he's saying that, and later on he writes books saying how great it is. No. Yeah. Now, moving, just, I'm going to touch on the second movie lightly, only to mention that when they remade this movie, um, it was produced by different people, uh, Nancy Roberts and Christopher DeFaria, uh, directed by S.S. Wilson, and it was written by Brent Maddock and S.S. Wilson. So, the same guys wrote it, which is good. Um, That's awesome. And they bought um, uh, Fred Ward back and um, Michael Gross, but all the other people were either dead <laughs> or, uh, or, or married. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, yeah, it's, uh, they made a good second movie. I haven't seen the third one yet. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Yet. I'm going to see it next day or two. So yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm going through it at the moment. I, I, I think I saw it years ago, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting old. My brain's going a bit. Yeah, um, yeah in this one, it. Yeah. Um, um, it deals with, as I said before, um, Errol's um, been given a bad hand. He's working as a emu farmer or whatever. Yeah, well, n not a very good one. Yeah, and <laughs> he's been offered the, the job to kill off another bunch of ground lizards. And, yeah. of course, he, he it, um, much later, halfway through the movie, um, he, do he deals with something that is unexpectedly never expected in the world. Yeah. Wouldn't yep. you say, Mike? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> oh, here it is. Was, um, yeah, the film was originally planned to be filmed in Australia on a $17 million budget with the proposal that Kevin Bacon and Reba McIntyre would both be returning. Mm. There you go. Uh, unfortunately, McIntyre had uh, a decline due to a major tour she'd been currently on, so she's a bit tired and whatever, and Bacon... Although he's intrigued, turned down to do Apollo 13. Mm. He had a choice, and he well, was, and because of that, they said we're going to only limit the budget to four million. So they didn't go to Australia; they filmed somewhere else. Yeah. Poor thing. Yeah, that's where it goes. Mm. Uh, and they cut out some of the special effects things I'm going to use. Uh, yeah, 
but it's still a good movie. Don't get me wrong. Uh, they but they're going to they're going to do more in the movie. So, be, but we'll review that another day. But um, I do, I do like Fred Ward. It's, it, it, to me, it, there's something about Fred. He reminds me of somebody else when you see him acting. I mean, he's Fred Ward, obviously. Um, yeah, and just so you guys know, we've mm. re- we've reviewed another movie with him in it, uh, where he start he started as a detective. Cast the uh, cast of a, a deadly, deadly spell. spell. He was there, and he he comes over as probably Fred Ward in that. But in this movie, he comes over. He he's got a De Niro quality or something. I I can't put my finger on it at the moment. Um, yeah, all I know yeah. is that um, like him and another other actors, I I'm familiar with. He can pull off any type of role yeah, he, he, he sets did. his mind to. He could play a detective. He yeah. could play a drunk in a cu- in a in a pub. He could play he? anything that sets his mind to him. Even a corrupted a first bad guy if he wanted to. Probably yeah. You got you got one of those sort of personalities. You could probably turn to anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the whole thing. I mean, um, he's not. Tra- he's. I don't see him as. He's not very, he's rugged, very handsome. He's to ruggedly me. handsomely. I think you know, he, 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 he's he, he's not a Ken or a Barbie type. He's not, he's not yeah. plastic. Yeah. He's not yeah. over the yeah. top handsome. Not to Don't me. Don't tell him that. He might be upset now. I well, he's uh, handsome, uh, ruggedly uh, handsome. Ruggedly handsome. But yeah, yeah. but in a, a different type of like handsome. Harrison Ford and that sort of stuff. He's yeah. not. He's not a glamour boy. But he's good looking. Yeah, that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Both men and Humphrey Bogart, they have a, a handsome quality yeah. to them, personality A man's wise. man, I think it used to be what but, they call him. Yeah, yeah. But just a different type of handsome, even if most people probably won't see it that way. Mm. Except yeah. for those who have actually experienced firsthand what they're looking for in yeah. a movie. But you want to you look, look, at, look, look at all the, you look at the guys like, okay, Harrison Ford. Good looking guy, not a glamour puss. Okay, mm-hmm. sorry, sorry, Harrison. Um, who's the number one who fits in that? Uh, um, you mentioned Humphrey Bogart, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a lot of good actors like that out there. Yeah, you know, guys who look really good as an you know, you, to suit their role, but they're not. They don't look. They come out of a beauty salon with the nails done, the hair combed properly. Uh, they've been in solariums and stuff. You know, they look like a real person. Yeah. Yeah, and not real people don't look like models. And True. that's what I think what we're trying to get at. There are guys out there and women who look good without looking like models. And yeah. I think they make it makes it more natural that's when you make a movie. That's yeah. why I mm. think when I look at Kevin Bacon, he's one of many of people who won't he's not a glamour puss. Yeah, but, but he comes <coughs> off as um someone he's a good looking man, yeah. But he's a good looking man. <coughs> Excuse me. The last thing I well, think wasn't he? Wasn't he? He was in Hollow Man, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, an Invisible Man type movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was quite good. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years later, and that was that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes a good role. He, he's not not a Ken or a Barbie type. He's not plastic. He looks like a real person and acts like a real person. He's natural. Mm, yeah, that's and that's what I like in movies. Nat- yeah. natural people. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like glamour horses. I mean, they're good. I, I like Candy's always good in the movie. Don't get me wrong. I mean, if I'm going to watch something like um. Oh, what's what's a good movie with lots of good people in it? Um, okay, like um, Charmed. Um, that one, um, uh, mm. The movie. Uh, the Craft? The Craft. No, the, one of the three sisters living in the house. Um, Practical Magic? Practical Magic, yeah. Yeah, Santa Bullet. Uh, and uh, who's the other two? Um, oh, I can't remember. I've got, I got a mental lock. Three good looking women. Okay. That's not um, right. how the movie is. The Practical Magic has um, two aunts. And two women who um, 
Uh, both sisters. Well, whatever. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Whatever. No. They were all good looking. You had Sandra Bullock. You had was Nicole Kidman or somebody. Yeah, Nicole. Yeah, they're always good looking women. He's not good at this movie. I, no, I haven't me. seen the movie for years. That so wasn't my, my one, one of my favorite ones. I've, yeah. In I've, fact, I've he often confuses this one to for if the, with Craft and the, Charmed. Uh, no, Charmed was a TV spin-off type series, wasn't mm. it? Charmed. Wasn't Charmed the spin-off series? Mm. So I. Whatever. See, I don't watch that. That's a girl. That see what so so he, I didn't. He's confusing this one with Charmed. But Once. I he know. Kidman was in one of them. Well, moments. you keep going on about um, three yeah. women. That's Charmed. Whatever. And this one, um, Practical Magic, is about um, two sisters having to deal with using magic. Whatever. That's okay. a big difference. Okay. Okay. Right. Whatever. But some of them they, they use eye candy to make it look good. And they good. Look, they put good looking women, good looking guys, whatever you. So eye candy do does help a movie. Mm. You can't look like me. Mm. I look like Jabba the Hutt. Uh, yeah, but you got to yeah. admit though, Mike, I I do like um, the natural good looking good blokes, even though I, outside that role, um, I think we said before with another actor who played in Lord of the Rings, um, Strider. Who oh, we're outside uh, that? Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, yeah outside yeah. that role, he and when he's doing a different role, he doesn't look as. He looks really good in Lord of the Rings. The image they made for him—the long dark hair and the uh, a bit of a, f- a sh- short beard and stuff—and his color. He looked magnificent. My daughter thought he was fantastic. He was hot. And then they saw him without the makeup on, yeah. his normal hair and his blonde and stuff, yeah. and they said, "Who's that guy?" Yeah, sort of in this um, um, sort of um, an olden day. Um, uh, Hildalgo. Yeah, a sort of a car thing. racing thing. No, or, a horse race. Or horse racing yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Mm. And he looked very ordinary in that movie. Well, he didn't look, he looked like a cowboy. That's what he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. The point is that I think that's close to what he really looks like. That's what I mean. Yeah. And you're going, eh. <laughs> so, I was all like, um, who's a guy. Um, uh, who plays Mr. Smith in Matrix. Um, uh, I don't know his name. Sorry. Yeah, he's in V for Vendetta and stuff. Uh, Hugo he's... Weaving. Hugo Weaving. Now, magnificent voice, great actor. And my daughter says, that guy, V, oh, he's so good. And then she saw what Hugo Mortensen really looks yeah, like. Now, I'm not knocking Hugo, Morton, uh, <laughs> uh, Hugo Weaving, man. Uh, Hugo Weaving is a fine actor and a, and a very good man. He just, he just, his voice just surpasses everything else. Mm-hmm. He has a great voice, and I mean, yeah, it's just something about the way he talks. You know? Yeah, so we yeah. rate this Tremors movie. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. give it about eight and a half, no, eight and a half, no, yeah, nine maybe. Yeah, I'm gonna give it yeah. um, nine out of ten myself. Yeah, I mean, it could have been a little bit more. I've had a bit more money to throw at special effects and stuff. They could have done a bit better, but mm-hmm. I think for what it is, it's not a bad movie. Mm. Mm, yeah. Yeah, for what it is, it's it's still a great movie to watch, guys, and don't knock it until you watch it. No, it's it's good fun. It's a, it's if you like the old fifty style sci-fi horror type movies, uh, that sort of fits in a similar sort of category. I mean, it's just fun running around chasing monster, beating it up and killing it and surviving at the end, and that's basically what it is. It's, yeah. it's it it's, it doesn't rely on ridiculous heavy. Uh, special effects yeah. to make it work or anything. Yeah, yeah. I think this yeah. one really did work really well, unlike other previous other movies mm, that yeah. uh, were done in the 90s and were mm. um, practically done, but, in you know, um, spe- you know, using 
you know, using not no CGI, just using um, old-fashioned special well, CGI, effects. I don't think CGI might have just been coming in around then because I think in Tremors mm. 2, I think they used a bit of CGI. Not so much. They used um, um, real um, hands-on special effects as far as I'm concerned. In Tremors 2, when they were running around, the, I used I CGI. meant the first one. I it, just said that in you, Tremors 2. I said Tremors 1. Yeah, I just said that. No, you didn't. You uh, said Tremors 2. Mm. I said Tremors 1. Yeah, but I, I said that. I no, said they didn't. didn't use CGI much in Tremors 1. But when Tremors 2 came along, they, they so it's a couple of years later, they're starting to get better CGI. Yeah, but yeah. they still did the, yeah. the old-fashioned way for the ground Well, they still bridges. had the animatronics and different things and puppets and whatever and um, and rubber monsters and stuff. But when they had them running around, like um, like in, um, in Jurassic Park, they had the gallon miners running through the field. Well, that was computer-generated, and they used the same thing for these guys running around. Hmm. It, it would have been too expensive to make the creatures do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, I do like this. I do advise you guys yeah. check this movie out and go on Amazon if you don't have it. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it is available on Amazon and um, eBay. Mm-hmm. It's probably available other places as well. So, yeah, yeah, you should be able to get a good copy. Yeah. And they're doing uh, Blu-ray and 4Ks and stuff on it because they're really... It's really holding its yeah, own, so yeah. Bear in mind, guys, remember to put yeah. down the date because there's so many film franchises of Tremors coming out at this very moment. Tremors 1990. Actually, one of the ads said 1989. Hmm. So be very careful. Yeah, another thing I should mention, um, as Mike already mentioned, this movie um, was originally going to be done, was going to be released in, say, 1980-something, whatever. But for some reason, they had to postpone it till uh, till the 1990s. I think, yeah, they had to uh, edit out some swear words and stuff, so it's later by a month or two. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I think the date's a little bit... Damn you, censorship, guys! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was set... It was set to be released in November 1989. But they gave an R rating owing to the language. So they decided to do some overdubs to get rid of some naughty words. Um, yeah, like, uh, I won't go through what sort of stuff they did because... Mm. Uh, um, but it was enough to sort of get it passed and bring it down to a PG-13 rating, which probably expanded its viewing audience. Mm. Which is good, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so that's about it for us today, guys. So thanks for listening to this podcast, and be sure to check out Tremors and all the others if you can. But be sure to watch the first one because it's always important to watch it first so you understand where well, yeah, it came from. If you've got a franchise, it's always good, in my, in my belief anyway, to mm. watch them in order mm. in case there's a continuing theme going yeah. through it. Just so yeah. you guys know, I think in the fourth one or the fifth one, I think it was, there, there was a bit of a prequel movie they did. There is a prequel in there, yeah, yeah I Where in that one, um, it seems the um, the um, monsters came around during the Wild West days, like 19, I mean, 18th century, whatever. Well, 18, whatever, 100 years earlier. Yeah, whatever, about 100 years before or something. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it. Of course, Michael Gross comes back as a bit of a, um, a great-great-grandfather to Bert, I think. Yeah. Like, a strong family resemblance, do you think? Yes. <laughs> I guess that's kind of cool, you know, add, a bit of adding a bit of um, a back, an interesting A bit back, of a backstory. Even though yeah. I don't know if he would have ever mentioned, guess what, I fought these creatures and I will tell my no great-great-grandson about it. No one would have believed him, would you? Nope. Nah. Yeah. It's anyway. Good. Anyway, 
um, thanks for listening to our latest podcast, everyone. And I hope you guys listen to our next one whenever that may be. So I'll see you guys. We'll see you guys for the next one. So this is Sarah Stevenson. And Marl. Saying see you guys for our next podcast, everyone. Bye, guys. Good evening, guys.